It is hour two of the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, and Travion Berkland. Trey, we haven't heard from you today. Are you uh, finals week, right? How many you got? I did most of them last week, and I have one more this week. So you're about done. Yep. What's it in? What's the class? Um, I believe it's my... You, well, stop right there. <laughs> you believe? Yeah. Are you not certain? Well, I haven't looked at it. Hold on. Well, you know what classes you take, right? Yeah, I do. And you know what finals you've done, right? Yes, but it can all get well, process a of elimination, cluttering. isn't it? I think it's just my um, intro to physics and geology class, Earth systems. Whoa. Have you started studying? No, I'm kind of a last minute studier. <laughs> Me too. As in. Cram the night before. That's what I usually do. Have you cheated on any of your finals? Of course not, Mitch. How dare you make such accusations? I did. <laughs> That's, I'm not hiding. Of course I did. Who didn't? No. I used to. Somebody showed me. I only did it one time, and and somebody showed me a trick. On uh, if you wear athletic shorts, you can uh, you like write oh, some boy. notes on your leg. And then, uh, and then, Never if you need an the... answer, if you need an answer, you just slide up the the shorts, and you have the answers right there. You can hide them and everything. You've never heard the croc technique. The croc technique. What's the croc technique? You wear your Crocs to, like, whatever test you're going to, and you write all your notes in your Crocs, and you take your shoe out and look at your foot. Both of you are. <laughs> I never. Troy, come on! You never cheated. Hey, listen. I even. It went so far that I even had a class that my own brother was in, just per chance. And you're going to laugh when I tell you because it just makes perfect sense that I'm in the class. It was a political science class, level 101, taking as an elective in my case. He had to have it for pre-law. Finals come. I whipped through that final in about 30, 35 minutes. Easy one for you? No, not necessarily. I'm, but I, I'm awful at test taking. Um, it took him probably closer to an hour, hour five. You know. Meanwhile, I'm waiting outside for him because we're going to the Royals game to watch Nolan Ryan that night. But you know, he comes out and he's cursing at me because I whipped through it in about thirty-five minutes. Were you always the smarter one? He's an attorney. I'm in radio. Well, oh, well <laughs> the thing is, you know, um, some, you know, if, if you want to go objectively via, say, the ACT tests, we call that even. Uh, so there isn't necessarily a smarter held in our in our family. And oh, by the way, my niece may completely blow that out of the water, and my nephew may blow that out of the water too. The thing is, like, I mean, I, he's he's computer engineering and. And in her case, they're going to Binghamton uh, for her master's and PhD in anthropology. So See, the, the the way school is, you know, like somebody lectures, you can take notes. You just listen to a person talk. Like mm -hmm. I just I can't do school that I I just can't learn that way. That just, it wasn't built for somebody like me in the way I learn. Like it's almost better if I just teach myself. I feel like now is probably the easiest time to go to college in terms of like that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, 
you you still have to attend lectures in a certain regard, but you know if you don't want to pay attention, then you know follow their curriculum online through Canvas or whatever. It's the easiest oh, yeah. it's probably ever been. Yeah, as opposed so, to asking someone to take the notes for you and borrow them later, right. or have the mini recorder so that you could pull it later from someone. Yeah, or if you have a yeah. class through Zoom, it's all recorded, so you can just yep. watch it later. Yep. Whatever. Yep. Yeah, crazy. I once broke my hand. Oh. And uh, I had a history class with the head coach of the men's basketball team in Cloud County. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, dog, broke my hand. I can't write. How am I supposed to take notes? He's like, well, you can ask somebody for their notes. Well, I didn't really know anybody in the class. So I tried to write notes with a broken hand and I didn't have a cast yet. I had to have it wrapped up with some padding around my hand. I mean, you know. And I, it was even harder to write. Like, when I got the cast, it was actually way easier. I mean, you've got a phone now that can do that for you. I, you know, and how crazy that is comparatively. And I still have the micro cassette recorder and the little micros. It's crazy that your somewhere. teacher didn't at least just give you, like, you know, the overview of the class that I mean, day. I mean, tough. just making you write with your broken hand. The heck oh, with it that. was so the, bad. The heck with that, man. Quick. <laughs> find someone in that class of the female persuasion. Well, luckily, <laughs> sit why next it, to them. Why yeah. is it always a girl? It's true. You always get notes from girls. <laughs> well, I did. I, I mean, I had, we had a. I remember uh, having a uh, project hey, in that class, um, and they had us in groups of four, and it's all strangers. And of course, we had one athlete in there, and they didn't want to do anything. And right. then one gal that just wasn't reliable, and I was like, "Crap, I'm going to get stuck doing all this." Like that was a pain. That was the worst. But see, you had the ultimate sympathy idea here, or you know, the great way to pull sympathy. You had a broken hand. No, nobody felt bad for me. Dang. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I remember telling everybody as well, uh, I, I I told people that I broke my hand playing basketball. I actually broke my hand taking a chair shot to the back doing some backyard wrestling. Yeah. Because I braced myself wrong. And it snapped. So the bone to my middle finger on my right hand, clean break. From taking a chair shot to the back, if that makes any sense. It was like a stress fracture or whatever. Uh, welcome to Hour 2 of the Game. Mitch, Troy, and Trey. All right, let's get to the big news about Chris Kleiman. We have won the dang day. I'm saying we, and I'm going to break it down here for you. So here are the details for Chris Kleiman. His contract extension is worth $44 million over the next eight years. The average salary for climate over the next eight years will be $5.5 million. A coach has never been paid like this before, and it's well-deserved. Well-deserved. It'll start this year, of course. So the contract is through the year 2030, the 2030 season. He'll make $4.5 million this next year. Now, with that... And then escalating from there, averaging $5.5 million. That is top half of the Big 12. Even with the new Big 12, that's still top half. And then towards the end of his contract, it's one of the best salaries in the Big 12. Now, when it comes to college football, he barely cracks the top 25. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there being paid bigger bucks and winning less games. 
So let's just put it this way. We're getting a bargain for Chris Kleiman, and he's still making the most money we've ever seen for a head coach in any sport in K-State history. Kleiman leads K-State to a Big 12 championship in 10 wins this past season. We knew a contract extension was coming along, and this gets into where I say everybody won the dang day. Because what you get out of this is Kleiman sticking around. Because I think at this point now, we all believe in him. He has proven in a four-year span that included the COVID year, his second year, rebound from that and win a Big 12 title two years later. And I had said after winning the Big 12 championship that, you know, this is a great time to be good at football. Because this, and and other sports as well, because this is a very pivotal time for the conference. Which makes it a very pivotal time for K-State, period. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're used to Oklahoma, you know, dominating in football. We're used to Kansas dominating in basketball. There is a time for the tide to change. Right now is the time. Days like these, I feel like I can change the world. I remember playing that song after the Cats won the Big 12 championship as like a part of the intro. I was like, well, times like these, absolutely it's time to change the world. Because basically leadership is up for grabs with Oklahoma leaving. Mm -hmm. Dennis Dodd throws in an article that K-State and with its success and you know winning a Big 12 championship and maybe uh, a, a better brand name, you know, mm-hmm. has potentially led for the Big 12 making the money now it's going to make with its new media rights deal. Yeah, Kleiman and this coaching staff that all got a raise as well, you lose just one coach from last year to this year. He gets the raise, and you have Kleiman for eight more years. That is huge. We, I shouldn't say we because I wasn't worried. But those were there were some people out there that were a little worried. Climb after winning a Big Twelve championship, potentially looking for some more money. Might get that more money somewhere else. That somewhere else was Nebraska. But then he was asked about it. I believe it was Fritz or Fritz Fitz Tim Fitzgerald, yes. go Powercat. Asked him about it. And he said, hey, listen, I'm a Gene Taylor guy. That's all I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule gets the job in Nebraska. Honestly, like if if maybe, maybe the Iowa job came up. He grew up like 80 miles away from Iowa City. If that came up, maybe I'd be a little bit worried. Worry no more. Because Kleiman is a cat. And Kleiman is a cat for the long haul. And I saw somebody put out the question – on Twitter, it brought it up like, you know, like, is this going to be the last contract extension for Climate? He's 55 years old. Is mm-hmm. this the last one? My answer is no. It's not going to be the last one. If you believe that he's going to win some more championships, which I do, and I'm talking about Big 12 championships, winning a national championship in football and you're not in the SEC is very tough to do. The SEC is so good. It's just that's. I mean, we learned. I mean, TCU could not put up a fight whatsoever against Georgia, and uh, you know, I mean, it was tough for the Cats against Alabama. I mean, there's just the talent there is incredible, but still, some great things can happen. I'm not saying like 
Climate can go out there and contend for a national championship. I think absolutely could, especially with you know the um, you know the, the the playoff expanding. Even at four, I think there's obviously a possibility. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. But winning Big Twelve championships is a very big deal, and is more exposure for the Big Twelve. You want K State in that exposure year after year, and Climate has put K State in a in the driver's seat to get back to Arlington this year and for years to come. So this is a very big deal. And to get paid an average of $5.5 million a year, the negotiation was done very well so everybody wins. Because don't forget, you still have Jerome Tang. Just sent K-State, help lead K-State to an Elite Eight. There is still that contract negotiation to go through. That is still to come. But Gene Taylor, with this raise, and what we expect is a raise as well for for Drum Tang, is a major investment. And obviously to sustain success, be winners, win championships, contend for national champions, you have to invest in the coaches you believe in. Well, Gene Taylor... Believed in Climate and Tang when he hired him. Keep the belief alive. Give the guys the money they deserve. Keep them around. Because there's no doubt about it. I mean, this is clear. I mean, in year one, we know that Jerome Tang was the right guy. We probably knew that. I mean, I felt like we knew that at the introductory press conference that we knew it was not going to take long, and it's not. And we know that Climate is the guy here at K-State. So K-State Athletics is in an extremely good spot, and we're now just investing more money than we were previously. And that's the right thing to do. Invest the money you believe in. Because you hope, and I think what we all have a good feeling, the return on investment is going to be glorious. It really is. That's why I said at the beginning of the show, I feel like a fan of K-State – and where I'm at right now is on a sandy beach with my feet up, just enjoying what's going on, because things feel pretty calm right now. It could be so much worse in a lot of places it is, but right now, things are under control. I think that's a key phrase there. Things are under control, and things feel very glorious right now. We have a new volleyball coach, new volleyball arena. Casey just announced today the latest project. And it's going to kind of put a bow on everything. The revamp of the old football indoor, now indoor track and field, that's a big deal. I continue to be amazed at the forethought that it took to develop the complex out north the way that it is now developed. Even when I was in school, it felt like it was so far away from campus. And... Yeah, Bramlage had just opened when I started school. It was a year old. You had it and you had the football stadium. Everything else was on campus. I know that coaches, uh, basketball coaches, still had their offices at Ahern at the time. Because part of it was they still wanted to be close to campus, be, be close to the players. You didn't have... The things that are in the veneer complex or the ice complex now, you had none of those. And the forethought that has gone into what could be developed out there 
and how to set up the athletic department without being landlocked anymore, as they were with Ahern, where it was located. And the fact that the football stadium, the old football stadium memorial, wasn't coming down. You have all of those things that that factor into uh, an amazing stretch now where everything is focused on that portion of campus for athletics and everybody knows where they're going for the athletic events. And uh, in the process, you've gotten gems of facilities out of it. And you've done it in a way that you've not put yourself in hawk. You've done it in a way in which you're still self-sustaining as an athletic department. You've done it in a way that you're not having to go to the university to give you money annually or ask the Board of Regents annually for money, like certain athletic departments in this state. Yeah, we're in, in amazing shape. Amazing shape right now. You know, and, for, and for it to now become a focus on making sure the coaches are paid makes it that much more impressive. Travion just reacted. He he just went like he did the old like pulling the fist in. Yes, like what was that all about? I sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were reading all of, uh, about the contract stuff for Chris Kleiman here uh-huh, all bo- uh-huh. on board. You know, nope, just a little <laughs> nose tingle. No, nah, man, I knew that. Uh, you know. Coach Kleiman and Gene Taylor, them, you know, they already have a relationship working things out. Everybody was going to be happy about the results. Everybody was going to be happy. We're going to be happy about the longevity of the contract extension, the money towards Coach Kleiman, the return on investment. We're all going to be happy in the long run. Oh, man, it's it just keeps getting better. And speaking of that, K-State baseball, it's just getting better. And you know what? Huge series is coming up this weekend in Stillwater. But before we get there, I asked Pete Hughes after the series victory, the sweep was complete against SEMO on Sunday. What are the biggest differences from last year's team to this year's team with this year's team now being contender for not only NCAA tournament, but for a Big 12 championship? They're just two games back heading into the final two weeks. That's coming up next here on The Game. We're back on the game. Mitch, Troy, Travion, 785-537-1350 is our phone number to call. We're now jumping to K-State baseball. Last year, the Batcats were 29-29. and 29. Now, they they made a run in the Big 12 tournament, but they fell short. And that's where the season ended. Actually, back-to-back years in the Big 12 tournament season comes to an end after making an impressive run, an unprecedented run. It wasn't expected. wasn't expected for the Cats to be competitive in the Big 12 tournament. Things a little bit different this year. I think the Batcats last year were 29 and 29. And this year, the Cats are 31 and 18. And one went away on the road from setting a new program record for wins on the road. K State baseball just swept 
SEMO, Southeast Missouri, which, first of all, touch on this for just a moment. I read in their media guide, so they're, it, it's technically Southeast Missouri State. State. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. But in their media notes, they say they prefer to go by just Southeast Missouri. Guys, why don't we just change our name to Southeast Missouri? Let's just chop off the state. Because you've why? got to get that through the legislature, unfortunately. Get it for done. Well, get it done. What are we waiting on? Come on, Red Hawks. Let's do it. That's so weird. It's like Louisiana Lafayette. You know, they it, it was kind of a you know they were technically Louisiana Lafayette, but they just wanted to be called Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the Lafayette. Just call us Louisiana. Mm-hmm. What about Monroe? Maybe they want to be Louisiana. Anyway, but I thought that was a fun funny thing. And on page two of their media notes. We like to go by Southeast Missouri or SEMO. Our technically real name, Southeast Missouri State, we, we, that's not acceptable. We don't I, go by that. If you pay attention to uh, USC's wanting to be called Southern California or USC, they do not want to be called Southern Cal, yet the AP continues to punch out material that calls them Southern Cal, and it cracks me up. What about just SC? No. Some people just call them SC. No, because to them, that's South Carolina. Mm. Hear that, Kurt Herb Street? No more SC. It's USC. I'm surprised he doesn't get hear from them. What about SoCal? Can we just call him SoCal? No, because that's already a nickname for that area of the state. All right. But anyway, Cats, airless baseball. They went 2-1, to 12-5, and 10 nothing. Listen, this was just taking care of business. You did not want to lose one of these games, especially when you're in the driver's seat and have an opportunity for NCAA tournament berth first one in 10 years to play in a regional because if you lose a game that just hurts you i mean losing winning two out of three is not the result you want you want to sweep the competition and you want to build momentum heading into the final two weekends of big 12 play now looking at the big 12 standings west virginia is in first place they have a two-game lead over K-State and Oklahoma State. Well, K-State and Oklahoma State are about to play each other in Stillwater this weekend, and West Virginia will have Texas Tech at home. Texas Tech's not too bad. They're 9-9 in the conference. And then West Virginia will wrap up on the road at Texas, the fourth-place team in the, com- in, the co- in the conference. K-State will have at home TCU. TCU is a team K-State can definitely sweep. They can definitely sweep TCU. Oklahoma State's going to be a challenge, but you also need some help. You need West Virginia to drop a couple of games, maybe three games, to feel decent, especially with however the results wind up in Stillwater. But, man, I tell you what, like, just the confidence I've seen in starting pitching mm-hmm. with Owen Borma, had him on for Hardo on Friday, Saturday, you feel really good no matter who the opponent is with their development and how well they're pitching right now. And if you can get to Ty Rule, Tyson Neighbors, who are just throwing nothing but heat right now. And the numbers are right now so good. I mean, it kind of reminds me of when it was HDH for the Kansas City Royals in 14-15. When those three pitchers would come in after six innings from a starter, you knew when they came into the game, you're going to win. Right. That's how good that threesome was for the final three innings. They would just go get it done. It's the same thing for Ty Rule and Tyson Neighbors. To me, I'm just speaking on my part. To me, when you have those two coming in, 
And it, it also just depends on the situation, on who exactly is going to come in and for how many innings. It just varies. But when either one comes in, I feel like our, K-State's in a fantastic spot to go win a game. You've got that behind them, but you noted the starting pitching. And the fact that they've settled into having top two starters perform as well as they have. On Friday night, Borma. On Saturday's Fajardo. I wondered early in the season because Herman got hit around a little bit in the early going, but has rebounded well and gained his confidence back. They've put themselves in a position to where, you know, at least you're setting yourself up to take two of three. And I think that most teams in this conference right now would feel good about that situation. It's that it's that third day that is the weakest by far for every team in the conference when it comes to pitching. And then Tuesdays are just the oddball because you, you're trying to piece everything together for a midweek because you're not touching your rotation for Saturday or for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That said, uh, you know, K-State has settled in because they've got two very good starters on the mound and allows them uh, an advantage right now at the top of the lineup. Yeah, K-State's been winning games Friday and Saturday. That, and that's yeah. – it's huge. It's gigantic. I mean, and you made you made the comment like this is probably a, feels like a month ago now that you know K State's only really in contention because they swept Oklahoma. And I was like, well, not necessarily because I know they've lost some series, but they at least won a game. They they weren't swept in any of these Big Twelve series. They at least won a game. You go back to those series where they won just one out of two, like at. Uh, when they played Baylor, which, man, you, you won a, one of those two mm-hmm. games back. Won, won back against Texas, but at least you still won a game. That has put them in a spot to now contend for a Big 12 championship, which is wild to me because, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, but I just I didn't expect this for K-State baseball this year. I just didn't. What they've done is rounded into a form that was unexpected. And I would think that if you ask Pete Hughes, even, he would tell you that there are some things about how this stretch of late has played out that maybe were unexpected to him. Well, there's a number of things, and I I forgot to upload the audio. That's my bad. But I asked him after the game yesterday, like, you know, what are the key differences from last year's team that won 29 games to this year's team that has won now 31, but it's clearly better than last year's just across the board, on the road, in tough situations, two outs. On offense and defense, trying to get an out or clutch hit with two outs. It just feels like across the board, they're just better. He mentioned a couple of things, and it's not a surprise what he mentioned. Walks was pretty key. Where K-State leads the entire nation in walks, and that was an emphasis going into this year. That was something they established in the fall, like, hey, we got to be drawing some more walks. And they are. I mean, they're leading the country in walks. That's crazy. Now, strikeouts are up. They are. I mean, it's a high number. Too many strikeouts. It comes with the territory, though, if you're going to try to draw more walks. But also, pitching, pounding the strike zone with efficient pitching is a key difference. But also, stolen bases. And I thought this was a good point. Stolen bases because he... Oh. Coach, I mean, obviously, this is like a no-dub, but Coach Hughes brought up the fact that, you know, every time you steal a base, you're in scoring position. And every time you score, you steal a base, you're in scoring position, you're giving yourself more opportunities to drive in runs with the next guy at the plate. 
I didn't realize that the stealing the base numbers are so staggering. Yes. When it comes to K-State versus their opponents this season. This is incredible stat because this is also credit to the infield, first of all, making plays, ground balls or whatever, not, you know, batting the ball around, booting it wherever, <laughs> just making plays because, you know, uh, errors were a bit of an issue last year. This year it has really cleaned up. K-State baseball has stolen 101 bases to this point out of 123 attempts. That is 82.1%. Teams don't like to run on K-State because here's the difference. Teams against K-State have stolen just 17 bases on 41 attempts. That is for 41.4%. And that is credit to Rafael Pelletier. That is credit to the K-State defense for just being so good in the infield. And Coach Coach Hughes rather told me, you know, before the season that, you know, this infield should be really solid. Uh, Nick Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Nick Goodwin has really cleaned up his game. He has been smooth at the shortstop position. Brady Day has stepped in and played solid at second base. Roberto Pena at first doing his job. I mean, where Roberto Pena, where he's been impressive is his 16 home runs on the year. And he, had a, he nearly batted 1,000 this weekend. He struck out on his last at-bat of the weekend. If he didn't, he bats 1,000 for the weekend. Kalen Culpepper at third base, and I agree with, uh, with Brian Smoller that K-State has probably the most athletic third baseman in the country because it seems like every weekend he is making an incredible acrobatic throw from third base, and it is every time – on the money to Roberto Pena. That is a pretty big difference compared to last year because Kalen was a third baseman last year. Mm-hmm. And just his his improvement has been phenomenal. I also got to give a shout out to uh, Cash Ridgely. He robbed another home run over the fence. Yes. That's his second. That's the second time he's done that this year. He has robbed somebody from a home run by catching a ball that was going to go over the fence. Fantastic job by him. Guys, uh, we're going to talk, I'm sure, a lot about a K-State baseball this week because the series against Ooh. Oklahoma State, it's the biggest in a decade. The biggest in a decade, especially with the pressures on West Virginia mm-hmm. to maintain a lead in the Big 12. They're ahead by two games. Meanwhile, K-State has an opportunity to not only hopefully you know, gain some ground and hopefully if West Virginia loses, but let's keep in mind they're also tied in the conference with Oklahoma State. For second place. So you're at least battling for a two seed in the Big 12 tournament, you know? And the first opportunity to go in and see the new place at Oklahoma State, too. Oh, I've not played in Stillwater yet. The new ballpark? Mm-hmm. That opened this year? That, that opened last, last year. year. Mm-hmm. So completely different atmosphere. Man, K-State baseball has been a lot of fun. and I mean, The home run thing, that's, that's not a surprise. Pete Hughes, the last three years, I mean, all his teams do is hit nukes. Yes. That's what they do. I think if I remember, if I did my math correctly, K-State is now six home runs away from being third best all-time this season. Well, the previous two highs are last year and the year before. So six home runs away from the last three seasons being the best three in the history of K-State baseball when it comes to hitting home runs. 
So if you like home runs, you may want to come out to Toynton Family Stadium for the final weekend series of the season here in MHK, which will start a week from Thursday against TCU. Because potentially also K-State might be playing for a Big 12 championship. The opportunity to play for a Big 12 championship. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get a little uh, number one song of the day, a little Ask Us Anything to wrap things up after these words. All right, Travion, what do you think? You'll get us out when we need to get out? Yes, sir. I got a question for you guys. Okay, so you put on your pants. Now you're ready to put on socks and shoes. Do you go sock, sock, shoe, shoe? Or do you go sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Yeah, I just put socks on and then I go upstairs and then put shoes on. So, not thinking of it that. That is weird. So you 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 put on socks downstairs and you climb stairs to put on shoes. Well, yeah, I live. This downstairs, seems backwards. Well, well where, why are you going upstairs? What's upstairs? That's where all the shoes are kept upstairs by the door. Oh, so you live in a basement? Uh huh. Okay. All right, I'll let it slide. Because my my family like we take our shoes off when we go inside. That's our thing. My family was never that way. Yeah, I don't know. That's just always been that way since yeah. I was a kid. We're trashy enough that, like, of course, like, you t- you kick the shoes off if you've been in any, any place that's, like, muddy or anything. But if mud's not in play, then it's fair game. I can walk through the house with shoes on, not a big deal, as long as I don't track anything. Troy used to get his butt whipped if he, if he tracked anything in the house. Yeah, mom was pretty... Well, not so much about, you know, whipping my butt, but she was pretty strict about it. Oh, man. I, I'll never forget. I wore, I wore nice pants to a friend's house one time, and it rained. And he had a hill that we could slide down. Oh, boy. And, oh, I was so muddy. When I got home, man, my ass is still sore from that <laughs> whooping I got. Man, I never, I'll never forget it. Holy cow. So... We mentioned earlier about you know which one of us was smarter, my brother or I. Uh-huh. I. I will say this: I was at least smart enough to not try to host a gathering at the house. Oh, so brother threw a party. Brother threw a party. The parents come home. Uh, they came home to their nice new white carpet. Oh boy! Uh, because people had been parking in the pasture, and so the pasture was also torn up. Amateur hour. You don't host parties. This was an attorney. This is an attorney Yeah, I grew now. up to be an attorney. Yeah, grew up to be an attorney. Oh, boy. Travion, did you ever host a party? No. What happens if you did get do you did and you got caught? Well, if I got caught, I probably just would get grounded. I don't know. Boy. The thing is, my parents he, have he, never been that strict with me because I never really did anything. He crazy. just had no way to try to talk his way out of it because the evidence was so blatant. Travion would have his record player taken away. All right, we got to go for Trey, Troy. I'm Mitch. We're back two hours tomorrow. Go Cats.